Bruce Lawn. The Kyle Rittenhouse interview with Tucker Carlson blew my mind. I wanted to highlight and pull out a couple of things from the interview that hopefully, hopefully will make us less polarized and less combative over this entire case. But before we get into my name is Ruslan. We have a free three-day master YouTube live challenge, free coaching I'm going to be doing. If you want to sign up for that link is in the description. The Kyle Rittenhouse situation, one of the most polarizing things that we've encountered in the last couple years. I'm not going to unpack all of the details. I'm just going to react to this interview and give you guys a little bit of commentary on it, but there's some interesting revelations here in this conversation with Tucker Carlson. Even Tucker Carlson seemed confused by some of the things that Kyle Rittenhouse said in this conversation. If you guys want to know my analysis, uh, it's an hour-long video with my brother Amin from Southside Rabbi. That's up now, so you could like... This is, like my thoughts on it is not an eight minute video. It's a longer video. If you guys want to see my thoughts on it, go watch that. We look at it from every single possible angle and we more or less land in the same place in regards to what we think about the case. We really cover every single angle in that interview. I recommend you guys check out me and uh, me from Southside Rabbi. Uh, we challenge each other a bit. It gets a little tense, not too tense, but it was good. And it is really, I think, covers every variable uh, in terms of the two-way conversation, in terms of the race conversation, all that. So I'm not going to get into all that on this video. We're just going to look at the the, the claims that, that Kyle makes here. So, and, and the title of this is Kyle has a message for Biden, but that's not even, I mean, I think there's something interesting here. That's not even what I wanted to pull out. There's a couple other revelations that he makes. Check this out. Out of nowhere, we were not expecting to have this conversation at all. We are taken by surprise a little bit, but it's really interesting. Here's Kyle Rittenhouse's description of what his lawyers did to him. Now, I do think this is surprising to them, and because Kyle Rittenhouse's lawyer, one of the two lawyers that initially did the fundraising for him, is also Trump's lawyer. He's a huge in the conservative circles, and listen to what is revealed in this conversation. Once I'm arrested, I go to Depke Juvenile uh, Facility, and I gotta, I gotta say thank you to them for their professionalism. And he's like shouting out the deputies. It's really random. The jailers, the the guards <laughs> the jailers? Yeah. at Depke. There. How long were you there? I was in jail for 87 days, and this goes this follows in with Lynn Wood, who Lynn Wood was raising money on my behalf, and he held me in jail for 87 days, disrespected my wishes, put me on media interviews, which. I should never have done what she said. Oh, you're going to go talk to the Washington Post, which was not a good idea. This man threw his lawyer under the bus. He said he held me in there for 87 days, had me doing interviews. Okay, now again, this is the this is the guy. If you Google Linwood, the first thing you'll see is him with a MAGA hat on, right? And so the the, the entire conversation of how this was kind of launched is they played into this narrative that Kyle doesn't seem like he was very comfortable. Along with John Pierce, they said I was safer in jail instead of at home with my family. And then after I'm billed, your lawyer said that. My lawyer said that. John Pierce and Linwood. 87 days is a long time to be in jail. It, it was it was very long. I lost a lot of weight in there. I, I, I since then gained it back. I know the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Yo, Tucker Carlson's laugh. I know the feeling. <laughs> the most cringe laugh ever. Anyway, let's keep watching. But 
87 days of not being with my family for defending myself and being taken advantage to, being used for a cause by these by John Pierce and Lynn Wood, trying to solicit, not solicit, trying to raise money so they can take it for their own benefit, not trying to set me free. So they raised money for his bail money and left this man sitting in jail for like an additional 70 days. They could have raised the money for bail faster, but they didn't. Um, I believe it, I believe uh, sometime in September, September 5th, I want to say, they had over a million dollars and bail was set and able to be posted in September. So they could have had me sign the waiver for extradition and had me back in Wisconsin and I could have been bailed out by mid-September. But they wanted to keep me in jail until November 20th. What was that like? It was it was scary in jail. Like you had to watch over yourself, and not a lot of people liked me in jail until they. The funny thing is, a lot of people didn't like me in jail, but they got to hear like my story and they got to understand me. Like he's actually a really decent person. I'm not this person that the media painted him out to be, and mm. it it was scary. But I was able to make friends. I'd say this entire revelation that they let this kid sit in jail while they had the bail money because they wanted to take some off the top. Again, this is Trump's lawyer, guys. So the initial, he's a part of a militia narrative kind of is coming from his own defense attorney. Tits in jail and like play spades, card games with them. You're he played spades in jail, by the way. That's that's hilarious. In jail for 87 days, do you have a sense of how your case is being talked about in the outside world? Um... Not really when I'm in jail, but once I am bailed out, John Pierce said I was in an unorganized militia, which is just blatantly false. I didn't know what a militia was. And Wait, your lawyer said you were in a militia? John Pierce said that, and it's blatantly false. I don't. I didn't know what a militia was until after the fact, until November like 20. He's like, yo, they said I was in a militia. I don't even know what a militia is. Like, I don't even know what the word militia means. Fifth, after I was watching some of the interviews he did, I was like, I'm not in a militia. I don't know what that is. Because <laughs> remember, the way this is being framed is white kid crosses state lines to join militia. And as you re you know, watch the whole interview, you start finding out that that's actually, like, none of that was actually true. Um, but it, it gets better, trust me. Sorry, Sorry to laugh. And I was like, what the heck? And I'm like, no wonder people are saying I'm in a militia. It's because he his own lawyer said he was in a militia. He should never have gone there. Well, and yeah, it's untrue. Exactly. <laughs> Were you surprised to, so I haven't heard you mention race at all in this conversation. You said you saw your community on fire. You wanted to help. You asked a business owner if you could help. Were you surprised to see this framed as a, a racial story? To be honest, Tucker, this case has nothing to do with race. Um, it never had anything to do with race. It had. By the way, all three people involved in this situation were white. The UK news printed that he shot three black protesters, like an actual publication printed that. 
right? So a lot of people don't even know that everybody involved in this situation was white. What a sweet kid. Yo, Tucker, Tucker Carlson is so cringe to me. Okay, so this isn't, I'm not a fan of Tucker Carlson. So this is, do not take this as an endorsement of Tucker Carlson. But I, there's, there's more here that we have to, uh, we have to, we have to unpack. Um, but he seems confused by the descriptions of this case as pertaining somehow to race. What he didn't know when he was locked away for 87 days is that the media, spurred on by Democratic politicians like Joe Biden, immediately branded him a white supremacist. Again, the President of the United States did that, so did several members of Congress. By the way, that was foul. They used Kyle Rittenhouse in a campaign ad and said white supremacist and cut to him with an AR-15. Now, during the trial, one of the prosecutors, Thomas Binger, particularly loathsome character, the government lawyer, mocked Kyle Rittenhouse for putting out fires in Kenosha. It's dishonorable to put out fires, apparently, when BLM sets them. So we asked Kyle Rittenhouse about that. I'm not a racist person. I support the BLM movement. I support peacefully demonstrating. And I believe there needs to be change. I believe there's a lot of prosecutorial misconduct, not just in my case, but in other cases. I support the BLM movement. I think there needs to be changed. There's prosecutorial misconduct. Did Kyle Rittenhouse go woke, ladies and gentlemen? I'm not a racist person. I support the BLM movement. I support peacefully demonstrating. And I believe there needs to be change. I believe there's a lot of prosecutorial misconduct, not just in my case, but in other cases. And it's just amazing to see how, how much a prosecutor can take advantage of somebody. Like, if they did this to me, imagine what they could have done to a person of color who doesn't maybe have the resources I do or is not widely publicized like my case. If they did this to me, imagine what they would do to a person of color. Kyle Rittenhouse sounds like he's gone completely woke, ladies and gentlemen. I'm shocked. That sounds like systemic racism. That sounds like... He's hinting at wealth privilege, maybe even white privilege. I know. This is really interesting to hear him make this statement. Uh, And there's not everyone, but there's definitely some folks on the far right of the spectrum that when this came out on Twitter, uh, disowned him and said he's not their hero anymore. Who said the spades changed him? I don't. I don't know if the space changed him. Okay, but that is that is wow. That is very interesting to me that he's saying I'm I'm a supporter of the BLM movement, so on and so forth. I think there needs to be some changes in terms of the way prosecutors work in these situations. Imagine if I was black, so on and so forth. What did you make of the president of the United States calling you a white supremacist? Mr. President, if I could say one thing to you, I would urge you to go back and watch the trial and understand the facts before you make a statement. Mm. That's not a small thing to be called that. No, it's it's actual malice defaming my character for him to say something like that. Mm. What, I mean, why do you think, and it's not simply Biden who said that, it's a lot of people on television have said that, a lot, dozens of people have said that. I'm it, sorry to tell you in case you haven't seen it. Yeah. It's actually quite hysterical how nobody can go back and look at the facts of the case. He crossed state lines, false. He's a white supremacist, false. None of that is true. 
and the lies that they can just get away with spreading is just sickening and it's a disgrace to this to this country i couldn't agree more of course you yo tucker carlson is gleaming he is so happy never seen something so polarizing in my life when it's just it's obvious self-defense if you look at the case you look at the facts no matter what your opinion is or where you stand, this isn't a this wasn't a political case. It, it shouldn't have been a political case. It was made a political case. Mm. This had nothing to do with race, and the the ways people are twisting this is just sickening. Mm. I think a lot of people watching have reached the same conclusion, um, and they would like to see you, you know, help make this better by holding some of these liars to account. Do you, do you plan to do that? I have really good lawyers who are taking care of that right now. Um, so I'm hoping one day there will be some, there will be accountability for their actions that they did. Okay, so you're, you're intent on not, you're not gonna let that go. Uh, like I said, really good lawyers are handling yeah. that. Yeah. Wow. So guys, okay, just, 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 just so we're following along here. Remember a couple years ago when CNN called another white kid in a hat uh, a white supremacist and he ended up suing them for defamation and winning millions and millions of dollars, right? And so I think in this exact situation, Kyle Rittenhouse is getting paid. They misrepresented him. They slandered him. They twisted the facts of the case. Until this day, a lot of people don't know everyone involved was white. A lot of people don't know that the man who charged at him initiated contact a lot of folks don't know that he retreated a lot of folks don't know like there's so many variable and and most folks just didn't look at the at the footage and those of you guys have been watching my channel for a long time i've been fairly consistent on this like the entire time i've been consistent on this go back to a year ago or you know 13 months ago and you can see me reacting to all this in real time saying no that was self-defense this is bad and here here's the deeper issue with this guys is we have to be careful um, because this is this type of stuff is how people get more radicalized. And this is this is what I mean. If this if this case, you just look at just a just the actual facts of the case, you look at the footage, you look at what happened and you go, what happened? OK, it's a clear case of self-defense. OK, now that doesn't mean that him being there on day two of the riots when stuff was already burning was a wise decision or was smart or if he was instigating by showing up with the AR-15 or whatever. Just the facts of the case show that it was self-defense. Now, you could do with that what you will. Right. And a lot of this stuff was just flat out lies. They made it sound like he drove acro across state lines. He participated in that community in Kenosha. They said that he uh, drove far. The, the place was 20 minutes away. Right, most of us drive to work three minutes. The other people involved drove further than Kyle did. The other victims in the situation drove further to Kenosha than he did. Okay, so there's so many things that the media skewed, and this is the issue with this: is if you are just perpetuating the narrative from the media, this is how people get radicalized, and this is what I mean. Think about what's happened in this last year. Like, really, really think about it. Uh, Joe Rogan took horse dewormer. Dave Chappelle used white privilege and is transphobic, okay? Dave Chappelle used white privilege. It was literally printed by NPR, okay? And they said he's transphobic. Kyle Rittenhouse is a white supremacist. All of these things are going to add up, and what's going to happen is people are going to see right through it, and they're going to say the very same thing that Joe Rogan said to the doctor from CNN is, if you guys are lying about this, 
what else are you lying about? And then people are going to completely lose trust in the institutions. They're going to completely lose trust in any information because of the mainstream professional information is lying to you is going to really, 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 really do people in. So we have to be careful with this kind of stuff and not be polarized and not just jump into a narrative because being polarized does nobody any good. We have to just have an honest conversation about these things. Was it wise for him to be there? Probably not. Should I have been there? Would I have been there? No, I would not have been there. However, anybody else put in that exact same situation would have probably reacted the same way he did. And and that makes a lot of people uncomfortable, okay? But that is what it is. He didn't technically, technically didn't break any gun laws because of some legal thing with the the barrel of the gun being, you know, a shot off shotgun and whatever. If it was a handgun, he would have, but because it was a hunting rifle, AR considered a hunting rifle, so on and so forth. So this is a massive L for the media. Okay. And this is a massive L for anyone that didn't pay attention and just went with the actual narrative of what was presented to them and that anchoring bias. That's an actual thing. The first information you have tends to be the information you believe. And the way it was presented was white kid shoots into BLM protesters, not looking at any of the facts of what actually happened. Now, in regards to all this, there's going to be other things that people point to. There's going to say, oh, well, you know, if it was a black kid, da, 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 it may have played out different. It may have played out different. I don't know. It's a hypothetical. But what we do know is that with the case of Breonna T- Taylor, who tragically died, and I don't believe they should have executed that warrant the way they did, her boyfriend shot back at the police because he felt his life was in danger hit the police and got acquitted and all the charges got dropped. There's another situation right now where a gentleman the same day, black gentleman, the same day as Kyle Rittenhouse got off, there's a gentleman named Andrew Coffey who, same situation, they went in to uh, execute a search warrant at his dad's house. He was at his dad's house. He thought somebody was breaking in. They set off a flash grenade. He grabbed his, he grabbed his gun, shot, killed a police officer, got acquitted of all charges except having an illegal pistol. So I say all that to say, This situation was really spun bad. Uh, There's definitely some defamation and and liability here across multiple people, even all the way up to the president of the United States who who said white supremacists and and, and, and flashed Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, This is going to be an interesting next couple of years how this plays out. My guess is everybody's going to settle in this situation, right? But why, why are we talking about this? We're talking about this is because as we are engaging in these conversations, those of us who are followers of Jesus, do not let the media make you more angry and divided. Do not, do not make the media make you hostile to the person that just hasn't sat down and looked at all the facts. Okay. I have multiple brothers call me this week because I tweeted some stuff. I said, yo, this is, this is unfair. And I have multiple brothers call me this week. Um, and just like, I don't understand. I didn't look at the footage. Explain this to me. And as I said, talk to people and just explained, Hey, this is what happened. This is what the footage was. You can go look all this up yourself. And people are like, Oh yeah, no, that sounds like self-defense, right? Everybody who had a conversation was like, Oh yeah, that sounds like, and you, right. And so you could, you could ask, well, it, you know, is it, is it okay for a 17 year old to have a AR 15, right? Those are different questions. Those are gun questions, right? Those laws about guns would need to change. 
in the in that specific state. But the general idea that this was somehow white supremacy, which now the ballpark moves on that definition, right? Proud Boys, white supremacy, not white supremacy. Well, the lead, the current leader is an Afro Latin Cuban guy. Uh, right. And then you start getting into like, well, Larry Elder's a white supremacy. OK, listen, calling anyone that's black a white supremacist is just goofy. OK, you can get into the technical minutia of the details. And I'm not saying that black people can't be racist towards black people or whatever. But just the way that sounds just is stupid. Right. And I did. Was, I am no fan of Larry Elder. I did not vote for Larry Elder. I wanted Governor Newsom recalled. But calling Larry Elder white supremacist is just stupid. Right. Like it's just it's just it's just not helpful. OK, so I think we have to be careful because when with every it's, it's, it's just like deliverance, right? When everything is a demon, then then when we, there's an actual demon, no one knows because they think everything is a demon. When everything is white supremacy and everything is transphobia and everything is patriarchy, there's no action. There's no way to actually decipher what is and isn't because we've just just drawn with such a broad stroke. And I actually don't I don't think it's helpful. I don't think it's helpful. But more importantly, you follower of Jesus that's watching this video right now, you being combative in this conversation and not being patient and not being willing to listen and not being willing to hear the way I sat with the mean and heard the macro perspective and some of the double standards he was wrestling with in terms of the two-way community and all these different things. Really go watch that video because I think it'll help you think through these things a bit more in regards to how we are to have this conversation. Um, because it's it's everything is not just cut and dry. You know what I'm saying? Everything is not just cut and dry. And I think this kid, Kyle, is going to... Um, they're good. The right is going to distance themselves. Him coming out saying, I'm in favor of Black Lives Matter. I think that needs to be reformed. I think, imagine if I was black, how this would have played out, right? Like, like that, I didn't expect him to say any of that, right? I didn't expect, maybe he's, maybe he's, he's not being honest about it, right? But if you give him the benefit of doubt, I don't think this kid is who they made him out to be. And I think because of that, there's, go, there's, there's going to be some consequences that come with this. And my, my idea, there's a proverb. The one who states his case first seems right until the other and until the other comes and examines. Okay, so this right here, this is Proverbs chapter eighteen, verse seventeen. The one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. This is one of those situations where the anchoring bias, whoever stated his case. And then you start getting the facts of the situation. As followers of Jesus, we should be consumed with truth, with the details, right? And so I think in this situation, Kyle Rittenhouse is neither the hero and he's not a victim, okay? He's not a hero and he's not the villain, okay? So I think trying to pin him up like that reflects our own uh, kind of shallow thinking, right? Because here's the deal. Here's the deal. Hear me loud and clear. And some of you guys aren't going to like this. The world isn't made up of good guys and bad guys. Because if we measure up to Jesus' standard, we're all bad guys. And there's only one good guy. Okay? And because we're all bad guys, Jesus came, lived the life we couldn't live, died the death we should have died in our place on the cross so that we may have access to become more and more like him. Okay? So I think trying to, to, to break this down into, you know, he's the villain. He's the, he's, he's, he's the hero. Fam. We're all villains, okay? And there's one hero, and his name is Jesus. So be careful with trying to create good guys and bad guys and us versus them and the, the, the Democrats, they're stupid, they're dumb. Oh, the conservatives, they're all white supremacists, MAGA hat-wearing knuckle idiots, right? Like, you, you, we have to be careful with this us versus them, regardless of where you fall on a political spectrum, 
right? So I think that is the part where we have to be very, very cautious with how we speak about these things because it reflects more about your worldview when you actually think there's heroes and villains instead of saying, hey, you know what? When we look at our own heart in comparison to God's standards, uh, we're all villains and we all need Jesus. All right? So anyway, let me know what y'all think. Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce Lawn. Hey, thank you so much for making it to the end of this video. We have a free Master YouTube Live three-day challenge coming up where I'll be doing live coaching inside of a private face group. Hit the link in the description to sign up for that, and I will see you next time. Peace.